number two the bitcoin podcast with my solo show back again for episode number whatever episode i'm on i can't remember <laughs> i know it's under 10 but oh well it's another one another episode of tbp's on ramping with b if this isn't your first episode then you know what the deal is you can skip like 20 seconds till the guest intro- introduces themselves but if this is your first go round with on ramping with B. This is my attempt to get an audio an audible journal of people that are ordinarily are not interested in Bitcoin or cryptocurrency at all. Maybe they've heard about it, maybe they haven't, maybe they own some, maybe they don't. But my attempt to kind of fill in the gaps and kind of get the like pulse, the real time pulse of people that we care so much about in the Bitcoin community the people that uh, would fall under that umbrella of mass adoption. So this is TBP's On Ramp with D, where I attempt to on-ramp a, a regular citizen, not a big one. <laughs> so, um, my guest this week, his name is Talon Schwalm, and I would like for him to introduce himself right What's now. Up? What's up, my man? What's up, y'all? Like you said, my my name is Talon. I am a regular person. I'm part of that population, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, man, I um, I'm a veteran of the Air Force. I did a couple years doing intelligence work there. Got out, started a family, did a little bit of the podcasting game my myself, trying to do some health and fitness stuff, trying to make the world a better place. Um, you know, now I'm doing all kinds of stuff, seeing about. You know, what kind of podcast I can start now, doing a little bit of streaming, just, you know, fun stuff. But, um, man, that's me. I mean, it's not, I'm just kind of a jack of all trades now, just doing the family life kind of thing. Listening to this guy trying to tell me about why I need to join the Bitcoin community. I've been trying to convert you for years now. Mm hmm. The force is strong with you. (laughs) I know, man. Because you're like, F all that. I mean, Bitcoin well, is cool, but whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds awesome. I think the first time you told me about it, I was I was jacked up because I was like, shit, man, a way to take the power away from the governments, a way to take the power away from, you know, the small few with all the money and all the privilege and everything. And I, was like, I was like, this is going to be perfect. It's going to decentralize everything. But at the same time, I, I just I was worried about, you know, governmental control. Worried about governmental control. Wait, I yeah. gotta, I gotta dig in, dig deep into that response. <laughs> what do you mean, worried about governmental control? I feel like I, I worry that I have worried the entire time that governments will not allow Bitcoin to make the rise. That I think it seems like it, it seems like it is, it's on anyway. I felt like governments would hold it back, want to make sure they make their own kind of Bitcoin, pseudo coin, whatever they want to call it kind of thing, you know, and then just take control. Whereas the entire premise of Bitcoin would be lost in that kind of situation, I feel like. Or or am I not really fully understanding Bitcoin? I think it's a little bit of that. And 
I think you have a healthy fear of government. I mean, it's not like <laughs> it's not like our government is it healthy. I mean, yes, I think it's I think it's pretty healthy. Yeah, considering things that educated adults know about what governments do, it's like <laughs> yeah, of course you'd fear that. But I do think it's a general misunderstanding with how Bitcoin works. Though, like one, the government already has that currency. I mean, they've had it. For a very long time, they've had right. control over it. It's called fiat. It's called the dollar. Our government uses the dollar, and they have absolute control. In fact, they have control to the point where they're just like printing that money off. And anytime they run into a snag, they're like, "Oh, it's cool. We'll just print more money," because that's what you can do when you have total control over monetary system. Right. So you mean like not even the not even the dollar like the amount of dollars that they have. It's it's the power of a dollar itself that they're using. You're saying. Yeah, I think that's about it. That's that's a lot of it too. They they have that total control, and so, and and any time when they feel themselves starting to lose control, they do really outlandish things like put pressure on random countries to all of a sudden like make their currency less valuable or more valuable. They just play these money games. So right. Yep. The way Bitcoin works is that no one has control because it's decentralized. So since the money issue is it, the money issuance isn't controlled by any government, it's actually controlled by mathematics and an algorithm that anyone around the country, around the globe for that matter, wants to partake in, they can. They can partake in that monetary generation, that issuance. And so no country actually has ultimate power over Bitcoin, ever. What if someone like Satoshi, you know, went to like a country and was like, yo, me and you are partners, like me and you are like homies and you get all my Bitcoin <laughs> and I get all your power. And then boom, a country owns a big chunk of the, of the Bitcoin like game, right? Is that possible? Could that happen? That's that's really outlandish thinking, and I like that. That's that's going way outside the box. I like that. Good. That's what I'm here for, man. Um, geez, that's a hypothetical I never thought I would get hit with. So let's say let's say evil genius Satoshi goes to uh, Zimbabwe, and okay. he's like, Perfect "Hey Zimbabwe, choice. I hear you having money trouble. I happen to own a very very large percent of Bitcoin. Here." Here's the power. Here's the money. Right. That's, is that right. what you're talking about? Like that kind of situation? Yes, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Well, I would have to say, because we're, this is just me being theoretical. Wow. Of course, of course. Since everyone knows what address Satoshi's coins are in, and if he made it known that that's what he was going to do, and all of a sudden, Zimbabwe just had all of the Bitcoin, and it happened to be coming out of Satoshi's address, then I'm sure there's some sort of network effect where the greater populace of humanity would say, wait a second. <laughs> Satoshi has now become evil. And wait, wait, how did he become evil just by giving his money to Zimbabwe? Well, Zimbabwe is evil. Everyone knows. Oh, that. okay, okay. So, I'm kidding. My sister-in-law's <laughs> from Zimbabwe. She's going to punch me in the face when she hears this. If she ever hears it. But, no. I mean, that's a weird hypothetical. But, you know, at the same time, I think people would see Satoshi's coins moving. Mm -hmm. And they would just say, okay, Satoshi's alive. And so are his coins. So, where are they going? And then the forensics would start to figure out where the coins are going and who they're going to. It'd become like a manhunt for, okay, who is this real Satoshi guy now? We have to get him. Like, we have to find out. I'd like to ask you a question. Like, what is with this obsession with Satoshi? Some people have it, some people don't. <laughs> well, I guess I'll just go ahead and say that I probably sound like I already know a little bit more than the regular, probably. Well, but it's it's, it's, be it's friend, because, so. yeah, it's because you've given it to me for these years, but... For me, it's because when I originally heard, I was like, okay, good. All right, this thing sounds awesome, right? I'm going back to kind of how I started. Like, Bitcoin, this thing this thing sounds like the shit. This is going to be the new thing. This is going to be like the internet was to life, right? And then so we get to the point where I'm like, hey, so how'd this thing start? Like, okay, cool. It's built on 
all these algorithms to like make sure it stays decentralized and like it's secure so nobody can really get into it because it's always like updating or you know migrating or whatever it is how it's working I'm, I'm just not tech savvy about knowledge on that kind of stuff but when i was like okay so who who designed it how did this come into being and and when i found out it was this one guy and he had been well once he started it, he went ahead and started mining it and then like i, I it seems really shady how he just started mining it without really releasing it to the world first that's to not true give it a, i got okay okay so he released it to the world and mined it at the same time. It just so happens that because of how it worked, no one thought it was a thing. There were only a select few people, which I might add, have been on the Bitcoin podcast. So if you want to go listen to those episodes, you can. There were a select few people like Gavin and Dreesen, Um, And really, that's the only person that has been on our show that ta- actually talked to Satoshi that didn't think his white paper was bullshit. So are you familiar with the white paper? With what it, a white paper is? or the Yeah, one... with what a white paper is. I am, yeah. So he released his white paper to the world. He said, hey, here's this open source technology. This is how it works. I'm going to be the first node on the network, and I'm going to start mining this stuff. I think it could work. It's a peer-to-peer currency. We can use it to exchange value. It honestly works. And so for a very long time, well, I don't know exactly how long, but for mm-hmm. some months in 2008, he was by himself, the only person on the network. Like, yay, this is fun being on an island by myself, mining yeah. all this fake money, right? Yeah. Literally gave a damn. <laughs> then a second person's like, hey, check out that guy on that island. He looks like he's having fun. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, you get an island too, and you can mine this currency. And so then all of a sudden you have two people on the network mining this currency. Okay, they're exchanging values in between themselves. But what does it really mean? It'd be like if me and you took a bunch of Monopoly dollars and we're trading them back and forth for like actual real-world stuff, right? Right. But this real-world stuff was more like internet stuff, and it was like play game stuff, right? Right. Then more and more people get on the network. Then there's hundreds of people on the network, and they're like, hey, this stuff really works. Like, I can send you something, and I no longer own it. It's It's like... If I make a message, I can literally put it in a bottle and send it to you, and it's gone if it's on the Bitcoin network. I no longer have that message. Okay, so the so the obvious first play for that kind of technology is money, right? If right. I hand you a dollar, I no longer have that dollar. Right, because it's easy to quantify that way. It can only be in one place at one time. Yep, it can only be in one place at one time. Skadoosh, right? So eventually the network built to a point where people were like, holy shit, like this could actually be money. And the very first thing that was bought with Bitcoin was a pair of alpaca socks. Nice. In the real world. Right? Somebody That's was like, I want to see. And, yep. And I, I'm pretty sure it was like thousands of Bitcoin for one pair of socks. <laughs> oh my God. That guy probably feels so dumb. The next thing that was bought with Bitcoin in the real world was from New York. Someone said Bitcoin over to England, I believe, wow. to buy a pizza for someone in England. I, I don't know why I assumed prostitution, number number two. Well, because usually everybody associates Bitcoin with drugs and the dark internet. Well, that's not what I'm saying. I guess I'm just, I'm just thinking like, you know, automatically. The <laughs> why did you go automatic buy? prostitution? That's, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. We go from socks <laughs> to prostitution. There's no... There's no I don't, I don't know why I assumed that. I don't know why. It's just why I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I figured New York too. It's a good prime place for it, you know. <laughs> the obvious play. <laughs> I can get socks with this. That must obviously mean I can buy sex too. That's the next step with this money. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that way you don't have to touch it there. It's not dirty money, you know. It's like clean and you know, it's just it's nice. It stays away. From all the nasty, you know, places you can put money. The next time I buy socks at Target, I'm going to ask for prostitutes as well. <laughs> Man, I see I you've got, got some, bullseye for you. Yeah, I see you've got some very nice socks here, but I'm in the mood for something just a little different. Anyways, right. Um, so let me get back to it. Right. So right. it's not as ominous as people think. Like, it's not like he's like, Ooh, I'm going to mine this currency and then release it to the world. And I already own a shit ton of it. 
Well, then I have one honest. question with that. I have one question. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But then why did he leave? Then why is he in hiding? Why is he like in exile? Why is he making sure the world can't find him? Because bad guys are the guys that hide. Good guys don't hide. Good guys, if he, if he made something to give to the world, something wonderful, like, look, this is what I made. Now, then y'all just live in it and appreciate it, like an Elon Musk type. You stick around to, like, witness how great your creation was, you know? And a lot of people like to have that uh, pat on the back kind of, you know, okay. good job kind of thing. So what? Why, why would he be in hiding? It, it, that, that part is what, like... It makes it hard for me to believe like anything he did was for the greater good, not for himself. So I'm just going to hit this with a one-word response. Okay. Batman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> does that, I mean, <laughs> does that need to answer your question? I mean, that's it. Do we have just, a Batman in this I world? just totally <laughs> disproved your theory with one word because Batman is for the greater good and he hides all the time. He literally has a bat cave where he hides out. Fair enough. He hides okay. in the dark to beat people's ass for the greater good. The so, greater. people go into hiding for all kinds of reasons. I bet you there's tons and tons of millionaires, billionaires donating money to dozens of different causes and they don't want to be known. Some people right. are like that. If I ever became rich, I wouldn't want people to know. Hell no. I, I dress in my Target t-shirts and my jeans every day and no one would ever know. Because the second somebody knows, like, oh, that guy's rich as hell, guess what? Then there's a bunch of baddies looking for you. That's true. Then you have to pay a bunch of money of that, of that you know, stock then you gotta pay, you have yeah, for yeah. security. Then you got to pay slightly less baddies mm-hmm. to stay out of the eyesight of the bad baddies. And no, sometimes somebody don't want, doesn't want that drama. And so there's no telling why Satoshi chose to leave the scene. Some people think it's shady. I think you, in your gut, believe it's shady. I think it's genius. I think it's like, look, this thing got way, way bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. And if it's going to be a global monetary system, I cannot be the single point of failure. I'm going to leave it to the people to figure out. Oh, that's a fair point. Because then I guess everybody would be coming to him for updates and coming to everybody him for would, fixes. Yeah. And Imagine if Bitcoin became a global monetary standard. One Bitcoin would have to be worth tens of thousands of dollars. Like, it would have to be outlandish. So then all of a sudden we're looking to one guy for what to do for updates and one guy for what to do for how to change any algorithms that may need changing that can't really change. But I guess you can like soft fork or hard fork and upgrade the software but imagine if that's just one guy who's in control of trillions of dollars worth of value that everybody's looking to as some sort of demigod it's yeah rough, i mean that's man. true that that would be a no life thing but i would probably want so i mean i, I could see that so i've talked to you about ethereum before ethereum mm-hmm. has a very opposite problem where the founder and their creator is very well known the young guy by the name of Vitalik buterin and now even there's rumors of him saying like look I'm done being everybody's demigod. Like, I just, I wanted to make this thing. I made it, and everybody's using it. Cool. Like, leave me the hell alone. So, one, I think Satoshi was smart. I think if he wanted to keep his sanity, he could just leave. I think it's really weird he's not moving any of his coin. Like, it mm-hmm. just kind of sits there. Right. Like It's ominous. It yeah, it's like, hmm. But at the same time, if it always just sits there, and never moves, right? There's going to be two, basically like two events that can happen. Either Bitcoin becomes a monetary standard and it's worth a lot, right? So right. his coins never move. They're considered burnt. All it does is make the coins that are in circulation more valuable. That's true. So, at and then there's another scenario. Bitcoin has become a monetary standard. It's really, 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 really... Um, has a lot of purchasing power behind it. And then his coins start to move. There's going to be an initial like, whoa, Toshi's moving his coins. So what? Like, I don't, I don't know. What, 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 what would it mean? Is he buying stuff now? Good for well, him. What, what, what is he buying, though? And, and how much money would that be moving at, the, at that time? Like, like, are we saying like in two years from now, and is Bitcoin worth like, Ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars or who knows, 
who knows where it could be? I mean, how much money would he be moving? I mean, if he's moving hundreds of billions of dollars in seconds and he's sending them to just, you know, North Korea, then what the hell are we doing? You know, then that's bad. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the kind of stuff that's what it has to be worried about is that there's there is still a single point of value failure because this guy has that ability to to like ruin everything if he did something like that. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't even fret. I'll just be like, oh, Satoshi's moving his coins. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, but what's something that a cause or something that would be detrimental to you that he can move his coins to? Like we don't know, we don't know the the merits of the guy. Don't know the, we don't know if he is someone that would make decisions that would be for the greater good, or if he would make decisions that would be, just who knows. I mean, we just have no idea about yeah, him. I have no, I have who, no no knowledge of him. You know. Who are we decide that people are making decisions for the greater good? I mean, well, it doesn't. You could take the most genuine dude in the world, and you'll never know if he's making decisions. Like even Elon Musk, he's considered like a modern day saint, right? Right. He could be making all – it looks like on the outside he's making all the decisions for the greater good. Deep down on the inside, he's probably the most selfish motherfucker of all time. He he's probably like, wants to own Mars. He probably he, wants to be king of Mars. <laughs> there's no telling what his real motives are because I'm not yeah. in his brain. But <laughs> at the very end of the day, he could just be – one, he could be so purely selfish that it, that it comes across as selflessness. Where he's like, I want to be the one that changed the world. Just me. So I'm making all the solar energy and – Building these cheap rockets and hyperloops and underground park be. highways just because I want everything to have Elon Musk's piss on it. Everything has been peed on by Mr. Musk. Like, if you look at some of his earlier interviews when he first got into his wealth, he was just like any other human. He was like, oh, I bought this $750 million car because I wanted to. Like, is that for the greater good, bro? Really? You needed a three-quarters of a million-dollar car? That's not really for the greater good. So, one, I don't think it's any up to any human to decide what the greater good is, but I do know that a market decides what it wants. And right now, yeah. the market of Bitcoin is showing that the world wants a decentralized peer-to-peer -peer monetary system. That's what I want. That's what I want. Can Ethereum be that without Bitcoin? Uh, no, not really. Ethereum is its own weird, different thing. Um, Ethereum is the oil and Bitcoin. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've used that analogy enough that even you've heard it. <laughs> oh, um, come on. Even I've heard it probably like 1,200 times. No, no. Easily <laughs> 1,300, my friend. Easily. Easily. Um, I mean, people buy stuff with Ether. Like right now, I could probably buy some stuff with Ether if I wanted to. It's because it's 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 hard to understand for me. It's like, like the word ether, you know, like used to mean like just kind of like touchy feelies, kind of that like connects like us in the air before it got used for, you know, like what like biology or whatever they're freaking using it for chemistry now. But like, like Ethereum is hard to really like. If you hear that word, people don't automatically think, oh yeah, it's something you know, something you can use on the internet to exchange goods or you can you know secure your information or whatever it is, you know, people think it's like, such it's touchy feely sounding. So it's hard to understand even, you know, for someone that's heard a lot about it. Well, the difference between Ethereum and Bitcoin is that Ethereum is one is what does he call Turing complete. Some people will roll their eyes when I say that, but Ethereum allows for much more complex applications to be built on top of it. And the, the most exciting thing about Ethereum is the idea of what's called a smart contract. So basically, one input initiates a lots of other inputs. So just like a logic statement, right? You remember logic. You took logic. Yeah, it's a couple of years of logic. So like if, then, and all that stuff. Yeah, I was Ethereum, a philosophy major at first. Yeah, Ethereum is built on those conditionals. Okay. So where like if one transaction happens, then another type of transaction happens, which allows for a more robust system. So more security. So, no, not more security. More robustness. Bitcoin is hmm. the most secure coin by eons, light years. Okay. Like there's okay. no coin more secure than Bitcoin. So think of it like this, right? 
say you run a, you want to build an application, a program. Okay. Right. And you want it to run. That program's going to need two things. It's going to need processing power and it's going to need a hard drive, a place to put all the memory. So it knows when it's calling different functions or doing different applications or opening different folders, whatever it may be, it's got to put a, it's got to have a place to put the memory, right? Right. So Ethereum allows you to run these programs, but if other computers are on the Ethereum network, you can pay a certain amount in gasoline is what it's called. Literally the ether fuels your program and whatever computational resources that you need from a memory or processing standpoint, you will now pull from the Ethereum network. So what? Yeah, so think about it like like Facebook, right? Everybody thinks Facebook's social media. They're not. They're a data storage. Data collection. Data yeah. collection, man. That's what they do. And yeah. they put everybody's data on these fucking giant Blu-ray discs and they save it, right? So they're spending an ass ton of money on hard drive server space and Blu-ray discs. Imagine if they just spent a bulk of front to run Facebook on the Ethereum network if it were big enough and even hardly big enough to 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 maintain that if there were enough computers on the network so it could start decentralizing that cost that huge so decentralizing cost. facebook's cost yeah but that's just facebook imagine everyone who could decentralize their processing and their storage costs that's one application you could do with ethereum huh. there's many applications on ethereum there are people building messaging platforms on ethereum there are people building their own tokens on Ethereum. Because what you can actually do on the Ethereum network is build your very own token within the network that's also powered by all this fuel. So, for instance, you can have a mixture of like private and public blockchains. Um, Ethereum's just this whole other bag of awesomeness. So, when it comes to an actual defined use case, Bitcoin is a storage of value. That's what it's working for right now. People are using it to buy stuff. People are mainly using it to store their value. There's applications that can be built on it, but it's really hard and really clunky and computation heavy. So, hmm. you know, until Bitcoin gets these upgrades that everybody's been waiting for for like three years now, it's basically just a store of value. Now, if it gets these upgrades, it has a lot more, a lot more um, probability for change. But so, what are some of the things about Bitcoin that you fundamentally don't understand? Well, that was the big one, really, was the Satoshi thing. Satoshi, um, where Satoshi. he is and Satoshi. why? Yeah, right. Yeah, the, I don't the, know where he the, is. The, the black silhouette Satoshi. with the white question mark over his face. Like, guess who game? <laughs> um. Uh, <clears throat> I'm Satoshi Town. The guy, the, yeah. <laughs> if you're a Satoshi man, we'd be going out for martinis every time you came by. Nope, I can't move <laughs> my coins. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. Um, I, that's, There's not really anything fundamentally about Bitcoin other than that one worry. I mean, for me, I I, I would buy into the entirety of it, honestly. I, I, I believe in decentralized everything. You know, from when it comes to leadership, when it comes to, you know, currency, when it comes to entertainment. I mean, honestly, everything. But um, I think for me, what it comes down to is that is that worry that I, I could invest into something and the government could just turn around and decide, you know, in an instant, like, hey, this is this is not ever going to mean anything to us. We're going to make our own. And then, you know, maybe that wouldn't affect it very much because there's so many other people using it in the world. You know, maybe my government wouldn't matter enough. But I, I just worry. I mean, I'm one of those people that just worries about investing in soft assets anyway. And so this would be that kind of thing. It's, I'm someone that's already, you know, prone to not do that. So that's mm -hmm. probably why I just would worry so much. I wouldn't. I would worry so much about about not knowing about how, what's going to happen with it. And and I still I, I feel like it's the future. Um, but I, I really, from the things that I talked with you about Ethereum more so, that one really seems to stick out more to me. To me, it's like I just worry so much about what could happen with Bitcoin. Well, okay, let's run through the scenarios. So people can't hack it. We know that's out. That's out. Right. Um, 
the amount of computer processing power that you would need to purchase just for the opportunity to try and reverse a transaction is so astronomical, no government would really attempt it because they could never, ever justify that kind of expenditure to its people. And there would be motherfucking chaos. Except for Zimbabwe. Except for Zimbabwe. Yeah. Because <laughs> Zimbabwe can do whatever they want. Right. Um, <laughs> my sister-in-law better not hear this. She's gonna. <laughs> why is he why, trash talking? Why, why you gotta say stuff about my country? <laughs> like what? You're a America now. So let's go through the scenario. So let's say a country makes their own coin. Well, okay. They better be mining it for a very long time, and they better have a hell of a lot of processing power spread throughout a lot of different countries. Because as soon as they say they release the coin. Almost every single bad computer on the planet is going to be pointed at that network trying to hack into it. Because it would be very centralized, it would be probably easy to find. Also, how are they going to explain that expenditure to their people? Proof of work is not cheap. It costs a lot of money to run computers 24-7 and keep them cool. So you're spending electricity in keeping the computers going, and you're spending electricity and cooling the computers down. So how do you explain that expenditure to the people? Because basically you'd be just a double cost because the energy cost would be coming from you and the Bitcoin computational cost would be coming from you, the government. So what are you going to do? That's part of the spending plan they don't release to the public. Oh, that's the, that's the, how are we going so far in debt? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's the, we're, we're spending behind the scenes. We're probably, we've probably been mining for a couple of years now, and then we're going to release it just like, is it Satoshi? Satoshi. What did I say wrong the first time? Satoshi. Satoshi. I, I said it right this time. Okay, it's, it's Satoshi, right? They're going to do, they're going to pull a Satoshi. They're going to mine for a couple of years. Oh, here's the... AmeriCoin, here's the Satoshi didn't do that. I just told you he didn't do that. I know that. you didn't. I know you didn't. Okay, okay, you're right. You told me the story, but he, That's not he the story. Get... That's the actuality <laughs> of okay, it. Okay, okay, you told me the, the history. Okay, but it didn't get big for a couple of years until after he'd already been mining it. So I understand that he sent, like, I don't know, a Reddit post out there and was like, yo, homies that do coding, like, it's out there. You can get to it. But he didn't, like, like make a commercial at the Super Bowl. You know, he, he didn't, he like... He didn't like fly around every major city in the world with like airplanes with streamers in the back saying like, "Yo, invest in this Bitcoin thing, start mining because it's gonna be the next big thing." And I'm starting. Okay. Now I know, you know. I know how to resolve this hiccup okay. for you. Okay. I'm gonna find there's a web page that has documented every single public conversation that Satoshi ever had with people before he just like decided to deuce. And I want you to decide for yourself. If he's a good guy or a bad guy. Because to me, he sounds like a very wise, very forward-thinking, good dude who was like, ah, this is getting bigger than me. I'm going to bounce. Okay. Do you Would you like to read that? And maybe yeah, it will set I would. your soul I would. at ease? Yeah, send that to me. Yeah, send okay. that to me. Let me, let me get that link. I got to find it first because it was a long time when I read that. Because no, I genuinely had those concerns, the same concerns as you do. Because it is creepy somebody builds four technologies built by the NSA and puts them together, and now we've got digital currency. Right, right, right. I mean, is is, is Snowden this guy? I said that is, on purpose. Is Snowden Satoshi? They... <laughs> huh? I don't think Edward Snowden is Satoshi. I think you're <laughs> way too worried about Satoshi for some reason, but hey, it is what it is. Um. Okay, so let's get back to the task at hand. Trying to debunk the things that could make bitcoin go away okay okay let's say governments make it illegal they have like i don't know another three months to do that because after that three months and i'm i mean that very literally from this date april wait march (laughs) may 2nd 2017 (laughs) yes sir they have about three months they have until august to make it totally illegal and send it totally underground because after that, it might have way too much purchasing power and too much influence, I mean, by people who are very legitimate and who bought into it, for them to even remotely try to make it illegal. Like, so there's there's like a, a lot of institutionalized in investors in Bitcoin, people that are very influential in Bitcoin. And they're not just going to let their government say, hey, all your wealth is, is done now. That was a fun game you were playing. It's, it's game over. 
No. They're going to use their influence and say, wait a second, government. You're missing out on an opportunity, just like they do with any new technology. Yeah. You know, I mean, they have, I, I mean that very literally. They got like another three months. They better make it illegal if they're going to do something. Because other than that, we got Japan making it totally legal. We got India building a roadmap to make it totally legal. We've got South Korea making it totally legal. We have Russia going a complete 180. First, they made it illegal, and then they even fined you for using it. And now, fine, good to go. Okay, so who else is going to make it legal just for all of a sudden the countries all to say, oh, psych, we were wrong. It's totally illegal now. Then you've got enough people who are using it and are actually transferring and storing value with it to go, wait, whoa, like, just said it was legal. I've got a lot of value in this. Can't just do whatever the fuck you want, government. Like, especially when it comes to money. Right. So some of these big, big time guys you're talking about are these people, you know, guys and gals. These people that would already have lots of other money in other places too, though. Oh, probably. Yeah. Draper has a lot of money all over the place. That's something I worry about. Like, like it wouldn't like totally crush these people that you're talking about. No, like it wouldn't be like a thing. They're vested. Right, so like there wouldn't be like a, a national fallout where like the media takes their side and like talks about their stories about how they've lost I think, everything, you know, and the decision by the government, you know, it, there would be no bad guy to turn to. No, There'd be I don't no... think so. Like maybe another in another year, it wouldn't be a big deal, but they don't have very long, like three months, and it'd be like okay, and especially if the path Bitcoin is going right now. Yeah. It has that much purchasing power. Like, it starts to get really, it starts to look really bad on the government when you got a large populace of people committing to commerce, very normal, everyday commerce. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, you guys can't do business like that anymore because we can't benefit from it. It's just not a good look. Yeah. And there'd be a lot of it's people not a good like look me. At all. There'd be a lot of people like me saying, Hey, everybody, can we please pay attention to this? I know it's really hard where we live in a society where uh, elementary school can get shot up and we forget about it two weeks later. But this is kind of important. Your, your country is really doing a bad deed here. Now, what can my voice do? I don't know. Maybe if there's thousands of voices like mine, it could make a difference. I don't know. Right. But at this point, it's, it would look really shady for a government to just say, no, you can't do commerce like that. Yeah, I think it would be shady too, but that's what I expect from government. I expect shadiness. So I guess that's me. I, just, I for me, yeah, I, I really. I, I so here's the thing: Bitcoin. I think it's gonna it's gonna continue. So let's let's extend it further. Let's say they do. Let's say let's say January 2018, the U.S. says, "Hey, we did a bunch of research and we decided Bitcoin is bad for you, so it's illegal." Right. All the value leaves Bitcoin and goes to a brand new different coin the next day. That's not owned by a government. Well, what if they say cryptocurrency instead of Bitcoin? Well, then, then what do you, if they say cryptocurrency, then I will say, big whoop, you can't stop it. <laughs> They're just going to make another cryptocurrency. You know like what I got values, I got two middle fingers for you, government. That value is going to go somewhere. It's not just going to go back into the government's money. Like, it's not like <laughs> yeah, the that value that I have in Bitcoin, somewhere. I have already decided will never go back to the USD. It's not going to. It's just not. Yeah. So yeah. That's if, smart. They, if they want me, come and get me. <laughs> I don't know if that I don't know what that means. Like, if they do come day one day, they like. I, now I sound like I'm a paranoid person. Paranoid <laughs> That's what Satoshi said. They want me to come and get me, and then he threw like a smoke grenade down. That's lasering by all. Middle fingers in the air because I don't <laughs> care. No, like it, that's just the way it is. Like it's my fucking money, and I pay my taxes. Until I stop paying my taxes, then you can come get me. But if I'm still paying my taxes, suck my bowels, Uncle Sam. Like for real, yeah. That's that's what you get. You're taxing me, and that's what you get. You don't get my other wealth. I'm not going to put my wealth into your bank so you can leech off of it. No, thank you. I'm going to take my wealth and put it into another system where I get to keep 
and maintain and possibly grow my wealth. Not you just leech it from me off of interest and loaning out my money and all these other things that you do to try and siphon my wealth from me that I work hard for. No, you don't get that. I get to keep that. Hell yeah, man. I, I agree. I think I, I, we really, if, if our government would embrace Bitcoin and embrace the U.S. dollar, really, or whatever country you're in, country, it doesn't have to be the United States. If we're going to use this to take out our own currency, replace it with this, and just kind of just, just, just let our system run a separate from the, the, the financial bit and kind of let the people run that, then I think they'd be so much better off. And I think we would be so much better off. I just don't think anybody that gets elected to those kind of positions has that kind of foresight or understanding about it. Yeah, they probably don't. But hopefully with shows like yours and people like you and Marcello and Corey, that the world starts to learn. And maybe, who knows, maybe somebody will walk up into one of Professor, you know, Dr. Petty's talks and it'll be like a, I don't know, senator or somewhat. And maybe stuff <laughs> will get fixed. Who knows? Well, the thing that, <laughs> the thing that we're trying to also fight is that one I know enough about things to know now that it takes a behavior change. And right now we've like in these in civilizations such as ours, western civ is what you want to call it. For decades now we've been groomed to release custody of a lots of things to other people. Right? Yep. Like banking, right? Like Mm-hmm. My father gets on me day and night because I don't balance my checkbook, right? right? I just let Bank of America tell me what my balance is, and I know it's not going negative because I make a lot of. I mean, I make enough money now to like, <laughs> yeah. like back when I was in college, I had to really pay attention because I was like, oh shit, I can't get these Starbursts because that's like a thirty-five dollar <laughs> charge, shit. But right. now it's just like I'm good to go, like. But the fact that I have that mentality about my fiat, sorry, my U.S. dollars, is bad. And I have the same mentality as a lot of people. I have a much different mentality with my Bitcoin. Like, I balance and check every single transaction going in and out. I balance that shit. I know exactly what's going on. But that's the way things used to be. Until like decades worth of banks just slowly taking away that power that we have over our own things. But that has bled into all kinds of stuff. And then other things got to take the power away because we never had it before. Like Facebook now has so much power because they have all this data on everybody and Google, all this data. Whereas in the in the Bitcoin, in the crypto community, it's like, oh, we're trying to turn that back a little bit. Like, let's reestablish responsibility People need to have responsibility of their data. They need to have responsibility over their money. They need to have responsibilities things. Because if not, then we just get pulled in every which way. Like what's going on nowadays. Absolutely, man. I agree. I mean, I think I think part of it though is 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 the luxury that humans just gravitate towards as we continue to evolve. It seems like we just want to do less. Like we would rather have to worry about less meaningful tasks, and banking became meaning like like I should say meaningful less. Uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Like meaningless or meaningless. yeah, or just like menial. Easy. I think menial. Yeah, menial. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Something that's just like you know, just like stupid stuff that you're not really have to put a lot of thought into. It's just like something you do almost like breathing. It's just like oh, I got to get it done. It's like busy work kind of stuff. I think we try to rid ourselves of things like that. I think banking became something like that. But I agree with you. I think I think that entire concept is getting out of control in the in just in general with the way things are going with AI, with self-driving cars pretty soon, you know, with all I mean, that's of this stuff cool. that's... replacing thinking. And I agree. I think your finances since that's basically attached to your well-being in in this reality. Um, it has to be something that you're in control of, that you're on top of. So I agree. I think I think that's a great addition about Bitcoin right now, because it forces you to have to be in control of it. It 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 does. There's there's ways to get around that. Like because Coinbase is such an awesome company, I have my private keys, and I have my. They're basically just the custodians of my Bitcoin. That's it. I have my private keys, so. That's really what it boils down to, Bitcoin. You have the private keys, you own the Bitcoin. 
So, you know, it it with crypto to if crypto were really to take off, it would require like a massive reeducation of the people, right? To tell them like, and th- I think that maybe it is the bridge between the chasm that is people that don't know how this technology they use every day works and people that do you know there's got to be at some point in time the majority of society has to catch up with how advanced things are and and what all this stuff does and how it does like maybe it is time to teach basic internet like history and basic internet language in elementary schools or middle schools or something because people generally don't know like there's protocols lots of things happening just so you can change your facebook status and people don't know that at every point in those things happening is some sort of business opportunity or some sort of data transfer some sort of point of failure there's lots of things happening with this technology I'm talking about the internet. And right. So when you take Bitcoin and you put that on top of that, like now it almost forces people to figure this shit out. Like, wait, wait, like how does this Facebook status work? TCP IP protocol. What the, what is that? What does that even do? So I think it kind of, maybe it, maybe it could be that bridge to kind of force people to start understanding more about this. Inter- Cause right now I bet you the most, the most a teenager knows about the internet is like, I got Wi-Fi or I got AT&T. <laughs> if I'm on Wi-Fi, it doesn't cost money. If I'm on AT&T, it costs money. And that's where the internet comes from. It comes from Wi-Fi or AT&T. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like a de-evolution. You know? It's like we've tried to remove <laughs> thinking, remove meaningful, meaningful, meaningful tasks. My gosh, man. Just try and remove all of the work from our lives. And it it's left us with like stupidity. This Stuff. just turned into a deep philosophical conversation. <laughs> sure not did, much about Bitcoin it? at all. I have a question about Bitcoin though. It's, it's, okay. It's, it's probably not. About. It's probably not. Uh, you know, anywhere near the philosophical place we're in right now. But so, can you make this? Is just this is just theory, probably about Bitcoin. Can you make? I know it has microtransactions, right? You yeah, microtransactions. Um, That's part of what makes it special, right? That's what is going to make it special. Okay, will you be able to, or can you, right now, make microtransactions lower than like a one cent? Uh, not right now. Okay, will you, could you be at able one to? Point, but we're going through a little growing pains right now in the old Bitcoin network. Oh, you could so, at one point. Yeah, when it was not worth very much. That, um, I see. Okay. So yeah. I can fill you in on the growing pains. Okay. So because Bitcoin is decentralized, it involves a very decentralized effort. So which means that a lot of different people in a lot of different places places have to agree on one thing. Right. And we all know how good humanity is at that. <laughs> like we're just so great at all agreeing on one thing. Right. So it's a it's a feature which allows Bitcoin to be this very stagnant absolute truth because it's not really changing. And if it doesn't change, then it could be something we can hold constant and now provide, and it could be a measure for other things, right? Because we love constants. We love right. Humans yeah. love constants. People don't like change. So People constant, don't like it's something you gravitate towards. Yeah, and it's like, oh, this thing never changes. This is something we can use for stuff. Right, we can count on. Yeah, we can count on, literally. And so... But Bitcoin has to upgrade if it wants to live up to this potential of being oh, global. Okay. Yeah, it has to upgrade, right? But right now, there's basically two main camps on how Bitcoin should upgrade. So I think I've I've told you enough about this, but there's one camp that wants to increase the size of the blocks. Right. Because every block has a certain amount of transactions in it, and it can only get so many before it's full. So there's one camp. And there's only so many blocks. Well, there's always going to be blocks. New blocks are added every 10 minutes. One new block is added every 10 minutes. Well, not forever. Yes, forever. That's a change. No, it's not. 
I thought it was going to end Bitcoin. in like a... There's only going to ever be 21 million Bitcoin. Okay. But new blocks will go on forever. How does that not add up together? How does it how okay. look the All same? Right. Okay. Let me help you out there. This is, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> so miners okay. also verify that transactions have taken place. Okay. So once the new Bitcoin is in the system, that's it. This, the system is built. That's however many Bitcoin there will ever be. Right? That's it. There's only going to be 21 million in okay. circulation. That's it. No new added inputs to the system. Okay. After that, all the blocks will be transactions that needed validation. So miners will then be paid in transaction fees. So they'll never stop getting paid. So they'll never stop getting paid. So that's one thing that I think, one, will be dead. So the year 2140, I think, or something like that, is when the last Bitcoin will be mined. So so we'll be dead. But the thing about it is the way the system is designed is that at that point, Bitcoin will be a deflationary currency. And so the miners will actually make a lot of money off of these transaction fees because also at that point, we're banking on having a massively adopted Bitcoin which means that a lot of people will be using it so that there will be like millions of transactions going through in a block. And if you add up all those transaction fees, it's more than enough to subsidize the miners for mining. Right. Okay. But then we're looking at a much different society then, one where the miners are held in high regard. They probably have been, I have no idea what things are going to look like in the year 2140, and I don't even want to begin to think. But if Bitcoin survives, it's going to be some crazy shit. So, if the singularity happens, we'll still be here. Yeah, it's true. We'll be in the in the computers. So I have a question. So kind of about what we just talked about. So 2140 is the year that's projected to, to be the last mined Bitcoin. But yeah. wasn't there not too long ago, like within a year or the last couple of years, where it was figured out about how to mine much more efficiently. Like a machine was made just to mine, basically. Oh, and it was yeah. mining much more efficient, much more efficiently than regular what graphics cards and things like that were mining before that. Yeah, that was that was about six six years ago. They okay, they six, found wow, this thing called ASICs. Okay, called like a action specific integrated chip, I believe. I think that's what it's called. So I as technology grows. Is it not? Is it just, just not fathomable, fathomable well, that something like that could be made again, even better to speed up that twenty one forty? Well, they're things. reaching. Um, well, that's the thing. The algor- algorithm change. So when it gets more difficult to mine, aka better computers start joining the network and adding computational power, the algorithm right. changes. So it's still every ten minutes, Bitcoin's coming in. Oh, so it so no matter how strong these like processing power of these programs or computers or whatever that's running to try and mine, Bitcoin regulates it to only be every ten minutes that one can pop out. That's the fastest it can pop out. Yes. Oh. And it's not one. That. It's uh, right now it's twelve point five Bitcoin every ten minutes. Oh, okay. So it's very valuable right now if you're a miner. Every twelve point every ten minutes you are getting. Let's see, twelve point. Five times fourteen fifty. Every ten minutes, eighteen thousand one hundred twenty-five U.S. dollars. So Bitcoin's at fourteen fifty now, huh? Yes, pretty uh valuable at this yeah. point in time. It's doing really well. I had a question that I was I was going to ask you about something I've asked you about over the years about the volatility, but it just it seems like it always comes back every time I want to bring that up. Yeah, I mean. Well, I mean, that's the you're mistaking volatility, but, volatility yeah. with negativity. Okay. Like volatility just means change, lots of change. So even if it's going up, it's not a good thing for some people. You know, like if you're trying to run business on a currency that's increasingly like going up in value all the time, right. it's like, how do I balance my damn books here? There's no right. balance if I keep if the five dollar. The thing that I just made $5 on, I actually made $37 on. This is weird. So so generally to run business, yeah, volatility is bad. Either way, going up or going down. 
Right. But at the same time, there's things like sports where volatility that some of those teams that have the most volatility are the teams that are winning. Right. So I can see how it can be perceived in a different kind of way. Like, like look at the NBA playoffs right now. Like dudes are just teams that are shooting the most threes, playing the fastest, like going on cold streaks, going on hot streaks. Those are the teams that are winning. Yeah. I mean, volatility, some people win in volatility. Traders, traders are loving it. Every single time there's huge swings up and down, Traders make a lot of money. Some very rich people out there trading cryptocurrencies. So, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, man. But to speak to the volatility, the violent ups and downs, that's decreasing. And that's decreasing at a very, very predictable rate right now. So if you look at Bitcoin's volatility and you look at the chart and you expand it out, the very the most volatile times were in the beginning. It's getting less and less volatile every year, and if it continues on this projected path, I think in like less than a decade, it will be less volatile than the major currencies that exist. So the the thing that this volatility is dependent upon is adoption, and there is a one. It's not one to one, but there's a correlation that, and it's inverted. The more adoption, the less volatility. Hmm. So okay. every day when there's one new person that's like, you know what? Today is the day I buy some Bitcoin. They are decreasing the volatility of Bitcoin. Yeah, that's true. It's, I mean, it has to be has to be true, right? Yeah. Um, there's some sort of economic principles to it. I probably know if I were economist. But... <laughs> so yeah, it makes sense to me, man. So volatility, yeah, volatility. If if you basically can afford to have skin in the Bitcoin game when it's the most volatile ever, like now and it's decade, it's almost decade old, then yeah, you're gonna get some reward for taking that risk. I, I really believe that. I mean, I, I've I believed that for a while, and especially when I started learning about Ethereum and everything that it can do. I really, uh, I started buying into the concept, but I mean, that's mentally buying in. I haven't, uh, physically bought it in and I, when the funding comes around, who knows, man, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, I hope Ethereum is doing what it's doing. I looked out with Ethereum. We had a guest on way early in the show who his name was Tony Swish. And, uh, he was with this company called Augur that's building this decentralized prediction market that basically tries to make real life predictions takes lots of different people and tries to make real life predictions. Hmm. And you basically build these markets. Like you could build a market right now. Will the Rockets win this series? And there would be like odds. And if if enough people like voted yes and then they did win, then everybody that voted yes actually wins money. Right. Like you could turn anything into a market. Like there were a lot of people that made some auger, I think it's called rep tokens, made some made a lot of rep tokens because they voted that Trump would win. And a lot of people were there was like a eighty percent chance that he was gonna gonna lose. lose. Yeah. So everybody that voted he won and won, they won a shit ton of money. I would have never taken that bet, man. I was that was a shock of a lifetime, I feel like. Yeah. So <laughs> there's Yeah. There's um, Ethereum's doing some fancy stuff. So I looked out, got a bunch when it was like really cheap, and so I'm yeah, it's smart, so. man. Because I think I feel like I ask about it every time, and every time I ask about it, then doubled in value. I'm like, not doubled. If it were, it only takes eight doubles to get like a lot. Well, but, yeah, I know. I, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but the last time <laughs> I talked about it, it doubled. That's yeah. true. It's it's gone up. A lot, and it's going to continue to go up. I honestly think it'll be like at least worth a tenth of a Bitcoin. So, yeah. uh, and I'm That's... guessing it'll get that before Christmas. So, well, um, bold predictions, my man. Well, I told, I said it would go to seventy dollars before Halloween. Did it make it? It's at eighty. Oh, before this coming, coming Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I thought oh, it was yeah. going to be Halloween. <laughs> And I like I sent a little chat to Steve Mackey, guy that makes block channel, my boy Mackey, and I was like, 
hey, it's going to be $70 by Halloween. And he was like, man, it's going to be $70 next week. And I was like, what? And he was like, bet. And it was $70 <laughs> the next week. And I was like, what does he know? <laughs> so, um, Mackie Nostradamus skills he's going like, on over there. He's the on-ramping to Ethereum. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's who, you, that's who you really want to talk to. When it comes. I'm trying to get him to build show. But anyways, I'm, we're, we're really getting off topic. Um, so, I guess where we can wrap things up is that you, just to, to, to cap things, we didn't learn much about Bitcoin this episode. So if you are listening, I apologize. Tal and I are very, 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 very close friends. We're best friends, actually. We, we are. Yeah, we're... You didn't even introduce how you knew me. Oh, well. well <laughs> I didn't. Was you I didn't. You were like, to? my name's I Talon. That. I run podcasts and I do a live stream. And I, I was do like, a live stream. You didn't yeah. even, <laughs> no one even knows how we're connected. So, anyways. Are we not going to tell that? We're just going to cut it? You got things to do. No, you can tell. Tell, tell, <laughs> tell your story. No, it's not, it's not long, man. We just, we, I mean, we know each other from, from, you know, college from from yep. really joining the Air Force, trying to join the Air Force anyway. Um, yeah. Both of us and, and doing like a military fraternity to get our bodies in freaking badass shape. And then um, just becoming homies after that, really, and then keeping up throughout the years. So, yep. I mean, that's how we know About each it. other. Like, hit it off right from the beginning. And yeah, oh. man, I, I podcasted a little bit. I've done some good stuff. I've streamed sometimes. So, check me out. Happy Time Popcorn. Twitch.tv slash Happy Time Popcorn. Check me out. Do you spell that Happy Time? I do. It's all happy. One word. Happy Time Popcorn. Cool. Because sometimes people are like Happy Time, like T-Y-M-E. No, 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 no. I'm not one of those types. It's not how about that territory out here. How about that? (laughs) Anyways, so Happy Time Popcorn. Stream.tv. Yeah, twitch.tv slash twitch.tv slash happy time popcorn. That's right. And you're playing Final Fantasy VII right now. I am, man. It's the nostalgia trip. It's like it's like the night owl project kind of thing. I'm just playing Final Fantasy VII at night, reliving reliving the journey, reliving the story. It's it's going pretty hype right now. I'm new. I'm new to all this, but it's fun. Streaming is like taking off. I want to stream bro. me working on stuff like just me just a picture of my face while i'm thinking heavily dude you should i was just being told this other day about this this guy who streams himself eating lunch he's like in korea or something like that it's korea or china he's somewhere over in asia and he's he streams himself eating lunch and like he has millions of people tune in and that's all he does now and stream himself eating lunch god we live in such weird times <laughs> don't we <laughs> it's weird weird ass humanity going on like i think the history books are not going to be kind to us like all the things that we think are cool are not going to make the cut they're just not like streaming youtube google facebook complete overlook we're gonna jump you think so we're gonna jump straight from the 80s we're gonna say and then there was the internet and then we're gonna go straight to the singularity nothing else is important <laughs> <laughs> history is gonna say right, man. Yeah. <laughs> nothing really important happened here a lot of porn a lot of uh a lot of a lot of weird infighting and yeah. uh nope. there's a thing called google iphones then the singularity like that's it <laughs> <laughs> i can see it man it's scary i know it's crazy where the world's going that's why Anyways. we need things though like twitch streams we need things like like podcasts, like things that are that are fun that are gonna like release us from the world that we live in. <laughs> you Just know? get a release from the like. Hey, did you hear the robot war is almost over? <laughs> it's like, really? That's the conversation we're having now. I know. Did exactly. you see? All right, we're gonna say this one thing, audience, and then then we're gonna take off because we. This is definitely not a typical episode, but. Uh, <laughs> Russia makes this robot that can shoot guns, like, really what? accurately. What? Like, <laughs> oh, I, okay. I just saw this headline. I'm going to you. Shoot guns, like, pistols, like, very accurately. And then they release, they do a press release that's like, we're not making Terminator. This gun is not for <laughs> military reasons. 
but the video of it in action is shooting handguns like perfectly and i'm like what the fuck why was you <laughs> yeah man that's scary <laughs> we're gonna have a robot war that's what's gonna oh my happen. God. and and, I... and we're oh. we're building these dog robots that can run like 30 miles an hour next thing you know we're gonna put like a couple m16s on them and then it's a wrap we got a robot war yeah, and then there's drones, there's everything, there's, man. It's Yep. Yeah. I feel like if you're a general in the game right now, the best thing you can do is to sit back in your chair and then go, can we put a gun on it? <laughs> it's like, like, it reminds me of like, a, what is that, Austin Powers? Where he's like, can I put laser beams on their head? Can I put a laser beam on that? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you can have a group of scientists come out with, like, the we built a, a, it's a swarm of flying robots. Right. Hmm. But can they all shoot individual tiny lasers? <laughs> um, know, that's really not why we built it. But can they? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. This Anyways. is why we need, we need Satoshi to be like, all right, I'm going to stop all this. I'm going to use my power. <laughs> I'm going to stop it. See? That's why I need to join. I need to join to like, send him a letter. Is it like a club? Can I join and be like, yo, Satoshi, lead us to the promised land. I don't think it works like land. that. <laughs> I don't okay. think it works like that. Anyways, my listeners are upset enough. They got no Bitcoin content, but just oh. a lot of me and my best friend talking about philosophical things. So, anyways. I- um... Thanks for having me, man. I had a great time. Thanks for coming on. And once again, guys, go to twitch.tv slash happytimepopcorn and follow, subscribe, whatever the terminology is so that you get the notifications and you can watch my man Talon playing Final Fantasy VII. Then he's going to jump into Xeno Gears. Then he's actually going to jump into Sonic Adventure. <laughs> we don't know about that last one yet, but we'll see. Oh, he's going <laughs> to. All right, guys. Cool. Well, Thanks, man. Can you say one thing for me? What's up? Can you say play the outro? Um, adoption is the only thing that matters? No, 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 no. No. That's not, <laughs> no, that's I the, got that's you. not I'm what I... Okay. Play the outro. Thank you.